Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode. And if you're seeing who's joining me today, we're fortunate enough to be graced by the presence of the one and only Julie Stouffer. How you doing? Hi, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so glad to have you on. But more importantly, I want to ask you first, how does it feel now being back? Like, did you ever imagine in a million years that you would be back on our screens? Like, was that something that ever crossed your mind? No, not in a million years. And you probably know this because I don't know if you remember, but you reached out to me a couple of years ago. I do. And, you know, I th- and I, I remember this because I, you know, I'm a fan of your show. I listen and um, I, I was like, oh, my God, no, I never could go on any podcast. So I was just like the podcast didn't even exist when I went on the real world in the year 2000. Right. I mean, if they did exist, I didn't know about them. So when you asked me to come on your podcast years ago, I was just like, oh, I don't do that stuff. No, I mm-hmm. never, you know, thanks for asking. But I was just, I couldn't imagine a universe where I'd actually be sitting here with you having a podcast, like talking this way. And th- to be truthful, this is the very first time I've ever done a podcast on video. And I've only done one other podcast in my life before audio. Um, and that was like two days ago. So this is very new. <laughs> it's all new. And in one little fell swoop here. Yeah, I don't have like the fancy ring light, which probably shows. And I didn't, I, I'm figuring this thing out, but I really appreciate your patience with me and like helping me through it. Because when you reached out again and I was in a position where I like had the courage, right? Like I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I can go on Mike's show. And John Brennan reached out and he was like, listen, Mike Lewis is the coolest guy. Listen to my podcast. Like seriously, this guy, and I had already been listening, so I already knew. So it wasn't, it wasn't about you at all. It was literally me not having the courage to do this, but now I'm here and I'm doing it. And I'm stoked. So thank you. Listen, I would have never imagined in a million years this would be happening. So I can only imagine how you're feeling. Uh, you know, when I uh, reached back out to you, I was like, you know what? Something just felt right. I was like, she's going back on this. You know, it's probably already planted in her brain. I think, uh, I think it might work out. And uh, well, here we are, right? The thing that I have been curious about, and I, I know this is you're supposed to be asking me questions, but I'm gonna, I want to ask you a question since I'm yeah. here and I've got you right here. Um, so you've been doing this. You've had so many people on your show. And I wonder, especially because you've had so many people that are like have done real world or done challenges, these reality shows, like, is this something that you'd ever think about doing or you've ever wanted to do yourself? Um. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things like if it gets offered, I would probably do it because it's like how many times is that going to get offered in your lifetime? It's like winning the lottery, right? The the odds are slim to none, but if it falls in your lap, you know, you take it. But it's not necessarily something I would ever like. I don't feel seek out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like you'd be good at it. I feel like you've got a face for television. I don't know. Eh, just, well, it's like... you know, that's what my mom tells me. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> wow. You're the one that's been on TV though. There's a difference. <laughs> it's funny though, because it really fell into my lap. It wasn't a thing that I was, a lot of the people on my, uh, well, a lot of people that I've met through this journey, but particularly on my cast actually sought this out. Like they wanted to be on the show and they wanted to be famous. And that was like the goal. And for me, I hadn't seen the real world. I didn't even know what reality television was because back in our day, our, our I think our real world filmed before survivor or like i think our real world season came out the year that same year yeah yeah Yeah. the first survivor and i only know this because we were nominated for a people's choice award and i remember it was like cops real world survivor and i think maybe another show and cops i think won right so it's like (laughs) 
reality show, reality television was very new. And I don't even know if I'd seen cops back then, but I certainly had never watched MTV because I went to a really conservative college where MTV was banned from campus. So like MTV was nothing I ever knew about, but they came to the campus of my school and my school advertised the auditions for this reality show in the newspaper, right? So on the front page of um, at BYU, Brigham Young University is the school that I went to, and um, the, the, the newspaper is called the Daily Universe. So on the front page of the Daily Universe is this headline that's like, MTV probes Provo, because it's in Provo, Utah. And I see this audition and I'm just, and my friend was like, we should go do this. We should try it. I'm like, but we should get lunch. (laughs) I was like, okay, I'll go with you. This is like, it's a curious thing. And so um, somehow that just happenstance resulted in me. And I really wanted to, um, through the process of auditioning, I got really curious about, oh, like this sounds like a really cool opportunity. Like go live with people, learn things, see things. I'd had a life experience that wasn't very, robust at that point because I was like 19 years old and so this just sounded like an opportunity for travel and meeting new people and this really was my goal going on this because I didn't even know if this show was going to be a real like I didn't it wasn't the fame part wasn't a thing because I just didn't know about that part what it was for me was just like connecting with getting a different life experience I'm this person that always wants to have an interesting life story to tell and so this was going to be a piece of that um So that's what kind of got me into wanting to do it. And to be honest, that was kind of what got me back wanting to go on this homecoming was that same, like, like you said, you know, how many times in life do you get offered these kind of things? And and twice in your case, I guess twice. Yeah. Like lightning striking twice, twice in a lifetime. It's a twice in a lifetime opportunity. And, um, I've done it twice now. And so, but I think, you know, we all have these experiences in our lives where, um, you know, you've come into this fame that you now have through your podcast, right? And like the things that led up to this happening for you, you probably look at that and you're like, wow, this is lightning striking in a way, right? Everybody's life is almost, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's kind of amazing. So, um, so I just get, I get excited for, for for the for people's stories and I just feel like really interested in you and you like your life story and, and what led you to here. So sorry I'm peppering you with questions, but <laughs> Oh no. Usually oh. I'm the one peppering people with questions, but it's uh, nice once in a while to be peppered my in my own right. So <laughs> <laughs> So it was you did have T V aspirations or was it just the experiences where you were kind of leaning towards, you know, like you felt like in a way Am I not supposed to do this? It's almost like if something's forbidden, right? Like you want to do it more. Is that kind of what it was for you? Yeah, for sure. Because with, I was never an actress or had any aspirations to be on television, but my my parents were very not in favor of me going on a reality television show in a strange city like New Orleans. And um, so I was a rebellious teenager, certainly um, in some ways. I was very loyal to um, I, I was brought up really religious and, and it was very conservative and I was very loyal to like that part of my upbringing, the religious aspect, but I also had a really co- contentious relationship with my parents at the time. And so the fact that they didn't want me to do it made me just, oh, I'm doing it now. I'm doing it. So you're right. Like it, it, it's kind of like, and then I a little bit of that with the homecoming, right? It's like, my husband's like, you're doing what? You're going to go live with who? What's happening here? And so uh, I think that maybe this is a little part of my, but I don't know if it's like a rebellious as much as 
you know, you want to have life experiences and you want to live yourself, live your life fully. And I I felt like, well, if I don't do this, how am I going to feel about that? Am I going to regret that? And I felt like I would. Um, Now I feel like maybe I regret doing it. (laughs) Not not really, not really. uh, That's a discussion for another time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So... So how maybe was your, how were you met rather by your parents? Like once you came off your original show, like how much contention maybe was there on their part with you? There there was a lot of contention. We had years of just difficulty. It was hard. Um, Well, and it was the television stuff a little, but after a while it started turning into um, more meat and potatoes because I was having conflict with the way that I was raised or the faith that I, I was raised in more, more specifically because they were good parents. It's just that, um, Mormonism wasn't for me. And so, uh, on this, on this first podcast I did the other day, I kind of, um, came out. So I, I guess for my first video podcast, I'll just go ahead and come out for anybody that didn't already know this, that, um, I, I was raised Mormon and I was Mormon on the show, very Mormon on my real world show. But, um, and and after doing the real world, I still, I almost like doubled down into my Mormonism or my, the religious side of my life because I was kicked out of BYU for going on the real world, even though they came to campus to audition us. But I don't think they realized that going on that show was going to require me to live in the same house with men, like members of the opposite sex. And cohabitating with members of the opposite sex is like a huge no-no at BYU. Like that is like one of their number one rules is like segregating the sexes. And so because that was the living situation in the house, I was like immediately kicked out. And um, I think that did a number on my self-image or self-esteem like I just felt like oh my god but I didn't do anything wrong they were filming me like I wasn't that bad on there like come on so then I kind of like doubled down in my religiousness (laughs) and I started being like the best Mormon I could be and I tried to get back into college and I was doing like all the things but it was like the more that I did that the harder it got for me and finally I just kind of hit got to this breaking point. And this is like after I'm now married in the Mormon temple to a return missionary, like love of my life. I've been Mormon for all these years. And suddenly I realized that I, I didn't believe the faith. I didn't believe the gospel of the Mormon church. And this was traumatic for me, to be honest. Like I, I, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe in the church. And then what that meant for my life uh, so, so it really like messed up my relationship with my family because, and in their defense, like the Mormon church teaches you that if someone leaves, then they're out of your family forever for like in heaven. My parents do not believe I will be with them in heaven. Absolutely not. Like I'm a black sheep now, right? Like I'm going to be in, they call it outer darkness, um, because I had the faith and then I gave it up. And so, um, so it's very hard for them and it's hard for me because I don't believe in any of that. So I'm trying to be like, guys, can we just like love each other and accept each other for who we are and live here? But they're always trying to get me back in the fold. <laughs> You're trying to get me back in church. Um, so it's gotten better in the past few years, to be honest. Um, so just about the time when I'm getting a, like a place in my life with my parents where everything's like calm and we love each other and we just never talk about church stuff. If like avoid the elephant in the room and we'll be cool. Well, right when that happens, 
that's about the time the homecoming starts calling, you know, and I'm like, oh God, I'm doing another TV show. <laughs> My life is coming full circle. What's happening? <laughs> so, um, yeah, sorry. I'm like rambling right now. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Was there a particular event um, in particular that took place that maybe wanted you to step out of that religion? Or was this like a gradual process for you to where like you'd just been seeing things and over time it just happened to where you wanted to not follow that path anymore? That's a really good question. And nobody's really asked me that, but I've thought about it a lot. And I'll just be honest with you. I don't know if this is something you're supposed to talk about on a podcast, but uh, I really do think the thing that made me look at Mormonism in a different light was getting pregnant with my daughter. Wow. So in 2008, I, I got pregnant with my first child. And when we found out it was a, a girl, something happened where I realized, but you know, it's one of those things where it's almost like you can deal with your stuff. Like it's your life, it's your hardships, it's your troubles. Everything's fine. But somehow in the lens of like, oh my God, I would raise this, you know, this child, yeah. this, this daughter, like I, all of a sudden it was okay for me to have the life that I had, but I couldn't imagine her having that life. I just couldn't imagine. Not that I had a bad life. You know, Mormonism gave us a lot, gave me a lot of good things and my husband, but um, we kind of, I think both when we realized we were bringing another person into the world, that was like, oh my God, this is a huge responsibility. And how are we going to raise this person? And I think we both started down this journey of like questioning things in a very real way, like in a way that we had never done it before. And, and, um, I realized, uh, that a lot of the things that I had believed or thought I believed, I didn't, I just didn't believe them. And as we studied the history of the Mormon church and we saw some of like the real systemic racism that was like in the foundation of the religion or um, the homophobia that still exists today, um, definitely it's like a, a deep patriarchy in that church and, and women are in a lot of ways second class citizens. And so, yeah, I guess that's a really heavy um, answer to that question. But the truth is that when I got pregnant, it it just really caused me to look at things in a way that I hadn't before. And I regret that deeply because I wish I would have gone through that process and questioned those things sooner. I really do. But I, um, you know, that was 2008. And by that time I was, I was done doing challenges. I hadn't been in the real world in a million years, but like I was still that Mormon girl from the real world. And that was such a big part of my identity that I don't think I had the courage to even question it because that's who I'd always been. And so when I finally was responsible for someone else's life, then it was like, oh, no, this isn't okay. And and it's been an uphill battle, right? Like like you said, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not like the day I found out I was having a girl, all of a sudden it was like over. There were years of, um, you know, conversations with family and struggles and tears. And um, I, but I did, we did, we did the climb, we did the hard work. And I can honestly say that at the summit, if ever if, <laughs> to keep the analogy going, um, after climbing away from the Mormon church and like kind of standing there with my husband and we had parallel journeys, it's not like we were always on the same page and that was a marriage struggle for sure. But we left the church and we suddenly just realized that we were so much happier without it. And it was just, this um, liberation that we didn't know what to do with, like this feeling of 
accepting ourselves and like loving um, our lives in a new way and having a new freedom, but then feeling really guilty about it Mm. because it's like, you're not supposed to, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to like leave religion. You're not supposed to leave a church, lose your faith. Um, That's not like the story. The story you hear is like, Oh, people leave their church and lose their faith. And then they turn into a nightmare. Well, the opposite happened for me is like my life kind of was a bit of a nightmare. And then leaving the church gave me what I was looking for. It really gave me like a solid foundation and allowed me to become the person I wanted to be. That's just a hard story to tell, though. People don't always want to believe it. I think it's like when you become a parent, parenthood does something to you. It's where you see things in a different lens because it's like it's not about you anymore at that point. It's like, I've done what I've done in my life already. And now I'm going to have to raise a child and they're going to have to pretty much inherit everything that I stand for. Do And do I want them to kind of walk the path that I did? And I guess that's just what it boils down to in that sense. And I think it makes complete sense why you chose to do what you did. And I think um, it's ultimately about trusting your gut there. And I think maybe if you're happy, maybe you made the right call. Yeah, I mean, it's heavy stuff, right? Like trying to figure out how to raise children. The truth is you're never going to do it right. They're going to be traumatized. You're going to probably be the reason, <laughs> you know. But I mean, at the end of the day, I am I'm glad that I was raised as a Mormon. I really am. I don't regret the, you know, the faith is there's just because it's not right for me doesn't mean that it couldn't be someone else's correct journey or I don't know if correct is the right word, but like, you know, we all have these opportunities in life to find our own path. And some people find that path and it really works for them. And I think that's awesome. And I just wasn't one of those people. And uh, the, the only thing that's sad is that I took so long to kind of find the things that worked for me. Um, so, so there's the regret, you know, it's not that I regret having been Mormon, thank goodness for it. It was a big part of my life. It still is. But, um, I'm also really grateful that, you know, I'm exploring this next chapter of my life where I have, we have four kids now, um, three, three natural born children and one foster child and, um, raising them outside the boundaries of any kind of religion or dogma has been a really empowering experience and I'm grateful for it. I really am. So. Awesome. I love to hear that. I have just one question, though, since, you know, you obviously mentioned about BYU. Do you think that that had more to do about maybe how the edit and portrayal was on the show? Or do you think it wouldn't have mattered either way? Do you think you just going would have been enough to set it off? Yeah, I think that as soon as I signed the contract and stepped foot in the door, that was already decided that I wasn't going to. um, I think the thing that frustrated me was that um just the way the school handled it it was uh it wasn't very um i think first they suspended me and told me that i could get back in but then when i did the things they asked me to do to get back into school um it kind of they i think the last thing i ever heard from BYU is they told me i was too famous to be effective on campus literally like i have that in writing on a letter <laughs> like what <laughs> So anyway, I, there was a period in my life where, because they would announce things to the um, the press. Oh, I remember, like, you went on Larry you, King, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I went on Larry King because a lot of this was high, like, national exposure kind of thing. Like, it was in, uh, I went on The View, I went on Politically Incorrect, I was, it was in USA Today. I mean, the stuff, People Magazine. So at a certain point, when all that um, 
press was happening about me getting kicked out of school, I had lawyers calling me and saying, this is not right. You, you need to like do something from a legal standpoint, because this is a very exceptional situation. And it wasn't even so much the rule because yeah, okay. I broke the rule, but it was the way they were handling the media. They, um, BYU administrators put, uh, something out to the uh, Associated Press that said I was kicked out of school for sleeping with members of the opposite sex on several occasions. Okay, when you use those words, when you say sleeping with members of the opposite sex on several occasions, and keep in mind, I'm still like a virgin at this time. I'm still a 20-year-old virgin, and I'm reading this in a newspaper. That's where we start getting into those gray areas of like, is this defamation? Like, is this? But at the time, I didn't answer any of those lawyers' calls. I was not going to sue God. Are you kidding me? Like, I was a good Mormon girl. And so I just doubled down. I was like, okay, they think I'm like a whore. They think I'm like sleeping around. I'm doing these things. I'm just going to sh- be the best person I can be. And then and then the truth will come out. The truth will come out. But like the truth di- didn't necessarily come out. And the Mormon community kind of kept rejecting me. <laughs> and then I was kicked out of school. And I didn't have like... Uh, another life plan. I went on challenges. You know, this is what yeah. I started doing. And like, I, I was supporting myself through the real world challenges. And I thankfully auditioned for a show called the electric playground in Canada, which was like a video game pop culture show. And thank God I had a family with them because they were so supportive of me. I ended up working. I, I feel like I worked with, um, with that, production for almost 10 years like about the time that I was leaving the church I think is the time when I finally um was winding down with electric playground so that was just so lucky that I had that because otherwise like LA was chewing me up and spitting me out I was like living in my car at a certain point I, I was getting hatred from like family directions and definitely from the church and then the real world was nothing but drama right so half of the people that I would meet in the real world family didn't like me and I I couldn't well I mean that's a complicated thing because you know that it's like you never know what someone's intentions are when they start a fight with you because it's like do they really not like you or are they trying to get their fight so they get the next show or whatever or or there's all kinds of motivations Hollywood's a weird place. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> Like when is. Eric needs, you had Eric on your yep. podcast and when he was talking about that kind of stuff. Um, the, o- the only thing I will say though, in, in my limited experience with Hollywood, because I've, I've worked for what, three production companies at this point, I've worked for Buna Murray and the electric playground, which is greedy productions. And then the, um, I've done some work for HGTV. So besides being on like some press, but what I will say is that, Buna Murray's great. They really are. And in my experience, okay, and I'm, I've watched your show and I've seen that a lot of cast members um, have different opinions about that. Like they have different feelings about editing and how it all comes together. And I can honestly just say that I've never had any of those feelings about like Hollywood's kind of crazy. You'll meet some weird characters and like that town is not a town I would want to live in. But as far as Buna Murray goes, I really think that they do a very good job with their productions. I never felt unsafe. And I also really never felt like they misportrayed me in some horrible fashion. Like I watching it, I just kind of always felt like it was balanced. Now, I don't know if that will always, I, I hope that's the case on the new show too, but I can't imagine it wouldn't be because um, 
I mean, why would things change so drastically when this would, you know, I've been on five or six challenges, you know, I've done enough with Buna Murray at this point that I really do feel like I trust them and they are a family also. And I just, I haven't had these experiences of getting burned. And then it led to some contention, you know, kind of down in my homecoming house, because I felt like a lot of those cast members did have hard feelings or bad experiences that was affecting the dynamic in the house. And like, I didn't come down there to gripe about being on television shows. Like I'm on here because I'm trying to like meet you again. I'm trying to like have an experience here. Can we not talk about 20 year old gripes with like an editing situation or, you know, like, yeah, um, I don't know. So I really love you, Marie. I really do. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the production company. I think that, that the shows they make are amazing. And um, same thing with HGTV and Greedy Productions, the other television production companies that I've worked for. So I just haven't had that bad experience where, and I, I, I feel like I've been around enough um, that, I don't know, maybe I'm just lucky that I haven't had a horrible experience. And maybe the horrible experience is on its way. And, you'll, <laughs> and I'll be like, oh my God, Mike, no. There's still time. <laughs> you know, you don't want to jinx yourself here. It's a marathon, not a I'm race. I'm not wood, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that poses my question, though. You know, you mentioned about going to Hollywood. You mentioned about doing five or six challenges after your real world. Um, you know, you obviously had like a lot of opportunities. What might have clicked for you at the time? I guess this will take you back to the year 06, I believe, was your last challenge, the Gauntlet 2, I believe. You know, you get done with that show. What maybe registered to where, you know, you decided, I just want to step out of the limelight? Because you did, you know, go cold for a while. You went kind of off the grid. Um was there a particular instance there or was it just kind of the thing? Because I know this is a recurring thing of cast members. You know, they get burnt out after a while. You do so many shows to where you're in the public eye for so long. You're like, this isn't fun anymore. You know, you almost appreciate quiet and peace after a while. So was that it for you or was there another, uh, you know, occurrence that maybe made you want to step away from the challenges? Um, You know, this is a really good question. So the first part of it is like, it's it's not always your choice. If they call you, you're lucky. But so I won't pretend like, well, I walked away from this because I couldn't handle it anymore. You know, like, man, uh, you know, like to a certain extent. Um, but I will say this. OK, 2006, I did the challenge. Then um, I got a call for another one after that. And that one was happening at the time when I was really struggling with my faith. Like I was in a real place of like, I don't think I can be a Mormon anymore. And if anybody watched the 2006 challenge, like the last one I'd been on, I was still wearing my magic underwear in that challenge. Like literally I was still very Mormon in 2006. And then when they call me on the next challenge, I am not. And so I remember talking to the girl that called the production, um, the, the director, I think, wh or whoever called me from Buena Murray and said, hey, we're doing this new challenge. We want to have you on there. And I just almost cried because I, I said to her, I said, but listen, I'm not Mormon anymore. You don't want me. And like, she was like, oh, that doesn't matter. We, you know, we can still consider you. And I just, I think I remember just feeling really ashamed of the fact that what they had cast me to be, like, I couldn't be that anymore for them. And I didn't know how I could go on a challenge and face everybody. Um, 
I was like super embarrassed at that time in my life about having left the Mormon church. So I think that's the biggest reason why I went dark. Um, and, and also maybe them not calling me because maybe there was something to that. Like, oh, she's going through something right now. Like she's not Mormon. And maybe we wanted a religious person as our cat, you know, because they balance yeah. these casts, you know, that might've come into play for them too. Um, and, and then I regretted telling them that. And I was like, oh, why didn't I just go and like hide it or figure out a different way? But, but I couldn't. And then they did a 10 year reunion. And it was again, the same thing where I was just, I was like too ashamed to admit that I had left the Mormon church. And uh, at that point, you know, it'd been a while at that point I had kids now and I didn't know how to even face that world because I had been out of touch. Um, and I almost call this like my vapor time. I was kind of a ghost because it wasn't like I didn't love my, I have friends in the real world who I deeply love, you know, Cyrus, Beth, Dan Renzi. Like I have these people that have always been important to me, but I it wasn't like I was ghosting them, but I just didn't reach out to anybody because I was going through the stuff. <laughs> you know, I was going through some stuff, not to mention I was going through some like some, um, therapy stuff like that we can talk about that too which is a, a, another really interesting um facet of who I now have become so <laughs> I don't know if that's interesting but um the so to answer your question I think that uh, a big part of that time being gone was just me being ashamed of who I was like not being courageous enough to I don't know to be and that's why going on the homecoming was horrible like it was so hard because now I've been a vapor for a long time. Now I've been gone for like 15 years. And why do they want me back here? Like why I don't fit into this world. And I remember feeling that way so acutely when I walked into the homecoming house and I saw the roommates for the first time in like 15 years. They were all standing there in a, in a line actually in the new house. And, and and they were clapping. I don't remember. But anyway, like um they were just so happy and there were like there was this joyousness about and I kind of was like I don't fit in here like these people are so dynamic and like so interesting and I'm just what well, I don't know but I never understood why I was a focal point of my first show I, I always felt like when I got a grasp of what the real world was and how I was going to go down and meet these other people. And when I when I went to the first New Orleans house, the Belfort Mansion, I remember the same thing where I met David first and he was like so sexy and dynamic. And I was like, okay. And then I met the rest of them and they were all amazing. And I'm just like, okay, I'm clearly the wallpaper here. Like this, I something got miscast. <laughs> well, how am I here? And then like I felt that same feeling came back when I did the homecoming the second time where I was just like, how do I fit in with these people? And I think ultimately I don't. I, I really don't think I fit in with my cast. And I don't think I ever will. In fact, I don't know that I'll ever see them again. Um, and that's a kind of a tragedy in a way because that was why I went down there. I was kind of hoping for a different outcome than that. I was hoping for closure or like French. I don't know what I was hoping. I didn't expect it to be the way it was. <laughs> But that is the way life is, right? Famous last words. I know. As soon as you have an expectation in life, it's going to be a different way, you know? So I just should know better than to have expectations.
So did you genuinely feel like at the time of when you were stepping away and subsequently the time that you stepped away from the challenge was also when you were dealing with, you know, leaving the church? Did you genuinely feel like as a cast member you had nothing left to offer because you weren't in that role that you were originally typecasted? Because I felt that and I think a lot of people would agree once, you know, you got off your real world and on the challenges, like people didn't really see you as like the Mormon character. I feel like once you were on the challenges itself, you had your own different entity and identity, you know, like I didn't feel like you were necessarily the like the Mormon storyline was like your entire thing immediately off your real world. I thought like once that had blown over on the challenges, like you had kind of carved your own niche, but that's just my take. Is that how you felt about yourself though? I'm super grateful to even hear you say that because Derek said this to me a couple days ago where he said, Julie, when you were on the challenges with me, I felt like you were already you and like I didn't associate you just with like your Mormonism. That wasn't a, it wasn't about that. And like because I live in my body and my my consciousness, I just never thought I, I always thought everybody identified me as the Mormon. And I honestly thought that I was letting the world down if I wasn't that because that was who I was. And it wasn't just about the TV show, my parents and everything, my whole world was that. And so it really, it, to hear you say that and have Derek had said that the other day, um, it, it's emotional for me because I really do feel like I didn't get that. I never was able to see that maybe the real me was coming through and maybe I could have kept doing that stuff. I don't know if they would have called me, but maybe, um, you know, maybe there was something that was valuable there beyond whatever the, I, I don't know if I was typecast. I'm not sure that that's accurate. I think they, I don't know. I don't know the, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I don't like getting a little flustered by that because it just is, um, that is not something that I considered, but I think that I wish I had because now, as a 40-year-old woman, when I sit and watch the original real world or some of those challenges, I love myself. Like, I love her. Even though she's, like, this super annoying sheltered Mormon girl, she's, like, my favorite cast member. And, like, I just think she's really brave. And I think she did all these things that, and I think she's funny. <laughs> I probably wasn't. Well, but I agree with that. I just, I loved, I loved the opportunity to go back and play the grown-up version of my favorite TV star. That's <laughs> stupid to say, because I'm not a TV star. I'm just like this person that got into this world, um, and somehow something about me was engaging enough to be a big part. Like, when you watch the trailer for this Homecoming, I did not expect to be all over the trailer. <laughs> and then the trailer came out, and I'm all over the trailer. I'm like... Oh God, it's happening again. <laughs> like the milk toast somehow is like a a dominating force in and anyway. Uh well I, I've totally lost my thought on the on the question, but I will tell you this. There was a moment on one of the challenges, and I maybe people remember this. Because I was with Miz. Um, we were doing a BMX bike where we had to ride across mm -hmm. a course. And my team was like, it was, it was close. And, but if there was this little like two by four that bisected this big long course that if you rode just across this two by four that was like over water, 
on this BMX bike. And if you could balance that, you would automatically win it for the whole game, right? And I was just convinced that God had told me to try to do that. And nobody else was trying it because it was like a lot safer to just do the course and, and get your points because if you mess that up, it was like an all or nothing. It was like, if you mess that up and fall, now you're just lost. Your whole team mm -hmm. is due. So I remember, like, I felt like God was telling me to do it and win and, and, and be the hero. And I have, like, this very visceral memory of, like, the Miz and my teammates are begging me. Like, Dan Ramsey, begging me not to. I think it was Dan. I, I can't even remember who all was there, but they're just, like, screaming, don't do it, Julie, don't do it. And I'm, like, so convinced that God wanted me to, and then of course, I mean, you could not say Hail Mary. I, like in the time it would take to say those words, I was already falling into the water. Like I totally <laughs> failed it. You know, God was not, God does not give a fuck if I win a challenge. He does not care about child leukemia. Certainly he does not care if I win a challenge. <laughs> but like, you know, I mean, uh, that, but that's another topic. So like, I remember coming up from the water and it was like, my shelf started to break. Like this was one of these moments that was like formative in me losing my faith. And it sounds so embarrassing to kind of admit it to you now that like, oh yeah, some of the like losing challenges was causing me to lose faith in God. <laughs> it's so stupid. I totally know. But, um, but some of that stuff was happening for me even in 2006. So by the time, you know, we're getting into like 2008, 2010, 2012, now it's just... I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just going off on a tangent at this point, but yeah, so thank you for saying that because um, between you and Derek both saying like, hey, you were more than just your Mormonism, like, we liked you on the challenge and you were fun to hang out with and you're a person, like, it's like, I know that, but like, Hey, I you're young that? and it's cameras involved, so I mean, that those are two things that play a huge factor there, so I wouldn't beat yourself up too over it, you know? Yeah, fair enough, that's true. <laughs> But, uh, but I'm curious now, since obviously, you know, you were gone for a while, as we all know, but now you're coming back into the fold. How did was this initially first pitched to you? And obviously, there's all-star shows going around, so people are going to want to know, were those intertwined with the homecoming thing? And how did this all come to be for you? So, um, I think it started with Mark Long. He texted me. I guess it might be a couple years ago now, but he initially reached out 2020, 2021 and said he was putting together an OG challenge. And I'm like, what? And I never would have thought that I would have texted him back. I'm in. And I almost feel like while I was texting, I was like, oh, that sounds cool, but never mind. Because, you know, like that's how I responded to everything like that. But there was something about the way the wind was blowing that day. And I was just like, I'm in. And then I was like, oh, did I just say that I'm in? I'm like, but they'll never pick me. But then it, he was like texting me back. He's like, okay, send me your picture. Send me your bio. Like we really, this is a thing. Oh my God. And so I was like, let me hit the gym. Let me hit the gym. And I started going to the gym. Like, but I like was going like a maniac. I was going like three hours a day. Cause I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it real. Cause I've always been a big competitor. I love the challenges. Mm -hmm. And so I was getting ready and I was, I was, and then I got the call and they were going to have me on the first all-stars. And I don't know, man, I was excited. 
for the first time in a very long time, I was like really excited about TV stuff. And I was going to the gym and I was getting ready and I signed my contract and I was ready to go. And then at the last minute, they just changed their mind, right? Um, and that happens. It's not like I'm, I, I get it. Like, you know, at the time I was upset and I was like, oh my God, are they doing this because of this or that or the other? I don't think, I think it's, you know, they, they want to make a good cast. And I think, I don't know even who got my spot. I think it might've been Anissa. I'm not even sure, but it was probably someone better than me, right? Like someone that had been on more challenges. That was more interesting. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know about that. So I just, I, you know, I was just took my lumps and I was like, okay, I don't get to go on this one. But they did say like, Hey, we'll, we'll have you on the next one. Don't worry. Like you got to sit this one out, but we'll, you know, you're an OG too. So we're going to have you. Um, but then that's when they start calling about the homecoming. And so it was like the first homecoming date came out. Well, first it was like, is my whole cast even going to do it? Cause I didn't think they would like, I didn't know if I would, but then I was like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> Cause by now I was like excited to go on all, all stars. So I was like, okay, I'll go on homecoming. But I, but I did say to them, I was like, you know, that I'd much rather go on a challenge. Like, Challenges are like a little more my speed. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm athletic. I like doing that kind of thing in a house with people that, uh, you know, we I don't necessarily get along with. It, it, it sounded like anxiety inducing, but I still was open to like, that would be fun to meet these people again because it had been a long time. And who would have thought that beef could live for 20 years, but whatever. <laughs> so, um, so basically I uh, was going to go on, go on the next one, but then the homecoming was going to conflict. Mm -hmm. So it was like, they were like, but don't worry, there's a third all stars. And then the hurricane in new Orleans happened. I don't know if you remember this, but there was a big hurricane. Yeah. And because of that, the whole production got pushed and you know, the end of this story, it got pushed during the filming of the third all stars. So um, I don't know if I'm spoiling things, but I'm just, I don't no, know no, no. This is public about. knowledge. This is public knowledge now. People know. People know yeah. that this happened and like There's a um, date show announced and everything. So you're you're not spoiling anything. Okay. Cause I'm just I'm I'm sad that I haven't been able to go on a challenge. I don't know that I'll ever get to go on one. And that's I mean, I mean I'm bummed, but like I get it because I'm just lucky that I got to go on any of them. And I, I got to go on more than some people. So it's been a good run and I'm stoked. I'm stoked about like the friends that I still do have in these circles and the opportunity to like come on your podcast right now. Like who gets to do that? So this is, this is cool. And like, I'm good with it all. <laughs> so that, that does seem kind of weird though. Let's just say like, hypothetically you were replaced by Anissa, right? Like, cause Anissa is still doing like the, the flagship thing on like the regular network. And then to my understanding, the all-stars was supposed to be like a, camaraderie like bring everybody back who hasn't done it in a while so i mean that i don't know people come up with their theories like why you know you weren't on it but do you think and like there was an anisa maybe i mean i was telling derek i'm like is it because they think i killed veronica or i tried to kill veronica this like, is a real true. conspiracy though people legitimately thought like that was the reason i know and i was do you trying think there's to, like, any ask... truth to that anyway so i was telling scott and derek like they don't think that I really tried to kill Veronica, do they? Like, that was not really a thing. Like, that wouldn't get in the way of me doing a challenge. And and Scott was like, Julie, think about it. You did challenges after that happened. Obviously, it didn't get in the way of them calling you back. Obviously, nobody really thinks you were trying to kill somebody or they would have never had you back. Like, so I was like, yeah, that's true. That's some logic that, uh, yeah. 
the obviously, but, but, you know, you can't help but think, cause you do wonder like, why not me? But think about it, Mike. I know why not me. I've been a ghost. I've been vapor. Nobody's seen me. Why? Anissa is not vapor. She's like someone that has a huge following. I bet she has a million people on Twitter that follow her. And I've got like 200. <laughs> so whoever, whoever got picked over me, I don't, or, or maybe it wasn't even about that. Maybe it was something completely different because I don't know. <laughs> hey, maybe you didn't have a ring light. So like we don't want her. Exactly. I mean, look how pink I look. <laughs> since we're on the topic of the veronica thing obviously like did you think like when it presently happened like in the moment whatever year that was like this is going to be a talked about thing for forever or like did you even like view it like that was that a gag back in the day that people legitimately talk about this because for whatever reason this is you know (laughs) talked about as like a big moment in the history of the show did it feel like that when it happened at the time I mean, to me, it actually did feel like a big deal because, um, you know, like put yourself in the scene, okay? We're up really high on these wires. And the challenge was something to the effect of like we cross like an X and meet in the middle. And I don't know if you had to grab a flag, but there was something where contact was supposed to be made mm-hmm. um, to, to complete the challenge. And we were up really high. So like, I'm scared of heights. Like that's not comfortable. I'm just trying to get through this. But I'm also very competitive. And I always was bringing it to win it on these on these challenges. And I only ever won the extreme challenge, which was the first challenge I ever went on. After that, like I have some I wanted to win again. I, like I had something I felt like I wanted to prove or like um, I, I think I think there was also a little part of me even that early on that was like a little bit of a budding feminist. Like girls can compete too, right? Like why? Why should the boy, not that the boys always win, but come on, the people that have won the most challenges, they're all guys, right? Yeah. So it's like, I wanted to be the girl that wins all the challenges, you know, not just for me, but like to represent for women. Like, I just wanted women to compete. So I'm trying to bring my A game. I'm up on this line and like Veronica starts screaming, just screaming bloody murder. And like, it's it's all I can hear, but I can't like hear what she's saying. So I just think she's like mad that I'm winning or like, I mean, you know, the person that Veronica, she's not a quiet person in general, like in the house, you'd always hear her screaming about something. And like, I wish that she hadn't been screaming, screaming quite. So I understand why she was because she was terrified. Right. But I wish she hadn't been screaming quite so loud, because if I could have heard the other people screaming, then I think I would have been alarmed that maybe there was something that I should be paying attention to because everybody on the sidelines was also screaming and freaking out because it looked like I was trying to like grab her safety cord. And what people didn't know is she had multiple safety cords and there was just no possible way I could have ever like lifted her up, undone one carabiner and then also another one. And then like, and, and I'm not, obviously I wasn't trying, I was trying to win the game, but the way that it was looking was freaking everybody out. And I certainly would have stopped if I could have heard any of the other voices. But all I could hear was Veronica. And I'm just trying to, like, win the game. So I just wasn't self-aware. And then I get to the other side. And that's when everybody is just freaking out. And listen, I got a lot of en- enemies to this day from that situation. So, you know, not being self-aware 
even though you don't have bad intentions, can bite you in, it can affect things way bigger than just that. But yeah, so to this day, and I think that what Derek told me is like, that it's like one of the most, it, it, I don't know this for the, maybe, I don't know that this is the case really, but he, he says it's an almost like an iconic moment showing how hardcore some of those challenges got because that feeling of terror that she was feeling, which I totally feel bad about that. I really do. You know, in my defense, I was also pretty terrified. I'm, I'm afraid of heights and we're up there and I, I'm trying to be competitive, but you know, these were intense situations we get in on those challenges. And I'm not the only person that was ever in a challenge where things got really rough and really intense. And sometimes people get hurt and sometimes feelings get really hurt and relationships die on the battlefield of the challenges. Um, so, so I don't know that I, if I ever went on a challenge like with Veronica, I don't know if she'd ever be able to get over it. She might yeah. just be like traumatized by it. And I, I, or maybe it would be bygones. Maybe she's cool now. I don't know. I haven't seen her in 15 years. Maybe, maybe it'd be a situation where we could like hug it out and be cool. But I don't know. I just don't know. Do you feel misunderstood by people on the shows? Like in terms of some of the conflicts that have happened? Do you feel like maybe you get a bad rap maybe by some of the cast members? I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that a big part of that is because at this point in life, when people are like 40 years old, especially like on this homecoming that I just did, it was just very clear that we weren't all there for the same reasons. It was just very clear. And so how, if you come into a situation where you're not looking to try and get to know somebody, you're not looking to try to understand somebody, you're not going to engage with that person. If you've made up your mind about how something's going to be before you even walk in the door, you're set, you're like, what can I, I, I can't do anything with that. Like, I, I guess I had this expectation. This is, again, me having expectations, and I need to, like, work on this. This is, like, my personal work I need to do, that I expected to go down there and that, for the most part, we would all want to at least get to know each other a little bit or, like, give each other the benefit of the doubt or, like, try to have um, – which, not that that didn't happen at all, but I felt like I'm – I, I just kind of felt like I was trying to give 80 percent, and then they were maybe coming with, like, 10 – and there was no way to make up the the difference. Like, I don't know. It just, it was a little disappointing in that way. And I think that also, I got a weird background that people don't always, like, I don't think it's all, not everybody was raised, like, the way that I was. And so it's kind of hard to relate to that, maybe. And so I, I get it. Like, some of the cast members... They're just, they don't want to know the religious girl, that weird religious girl. They don't want to like know who I was or who I am. And like, that fair enough. You know, it's a, it's a long life and there's a lot of people you can meet. And if you're not interested in like, you know, because I think I've changed. I think I have some weird, some interesting facets to my life experience at this point. Um, but I didn't feel totally comfortable. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I don't know. When someone makes up their mind about you, they're not always willing to uh, give you the benefit of the doubt or like change that feeling or whatever, you know? Kind of feels like you maybe weren't given a fair shake in that sense then to like really get to know some well, of the people like, you're living with. Life isn't fair, right? Like, 
I can't, I've been more than lucky in my life. So I think that, uh, I think that, yeah, people are not, why would they be interested in like getting to know, like, I don't know. I think that people don't, there, there are some circ, some, some situations that I've had with people on different real worlds and in challenges and on my cast that they just have completely blown out of way out of proportion, or they don't understand my view at all. And they've never asked. And if I try to give it, it's not um, met with any kind of like real reception. So it's just, you know, that's life. Like you try, you try and have relationships with people and it just doesn't always work out. Also, like there's been circumstances where there's been like a mean girl element happening. There's been um, like the well has been poisoned against me in certain situations and then there's nothing you can really do. You know, if you come into a challenge and you know, there, there's politics to this game and I'm not the best politician. And I've always said that this is where my game falls apart on challenges. I need a Beth or I need somebody who knows how to do the politics to like ally with me or else I'll never win another one. <laughs> like, that was a fan question, too. I think I saw it on Twitter as well. People wanted to know like how you and Beth were. Because you guys seem to have similar trajectories. You kind of both seem to... We never really saw you guys align together, so to speak. But we saw you both kind of feud with the same people and take like the same type of paths in that sense. Where it kind of felt like everybody was uh, politicking against you guys, it felt like. So wh- yeah. where's like your head at in terms of that regard? Yeah, I absolutely agree with you and the fans in that regard. Um, Beth and I have become friends over the years because I think we both have experienced some of this mean girl stuff, some of this like ganging up on, I mean, let's face it. Sometimes it's easy to just go after like the nice blonde girl in the room, like just, and that's kind of like that definitely she is, she's a very nice person. I don't know how well you know her, if you've ever had her on your show. Have you, have you had her on? Not quite. No. Well, like listen. Times, but no. Oh, has she? Because she, she really, I mean, and granted, like, I don't know her extraordinarily well, but what I know of Beth, she's a, she's a really nice person and she's caring. And like, listen, when I've had hard times, the first person often who calls me is Beth. Like when no one else is calling me and supporting me, this girl, she cares. She really does. And I think her caring that much actually ends up, um, hurting her sometimes because people say oh no she's shady she's shifty she's got this going on or that and it's she's actually not at all she is a person that feels things very deeply and cares immensely now I don't know all the dramas that she's in and all the circumstances surrounding them but I know that um she's a person that if I went on another challenge I feel like we'd probably be like allies with each other now if it came down to the end and we had to like battle against each other I have no idea. She'd probably kick my ass, but, um, or maybe I'd kick hers. I don't know, but uh, I you've do been doing a lot of pull-ups. So maybe you might stay. How did you know? How did you know? I'm into pull-ups. That yeah, a little thing. birdie told me. Did they? Okay. So let me just say when I was going to the gym, like three hours a day, I was also like doing CrossFit. And so, yeah, I was like up to like 10 pull-ups, which is pretty insane for like me. Yeah, <laughs> so, for so, sure. I was, like, so proud. I was like, in the best shape of my life. But then, um, now I feel like I could maybe do like four pull-ups to be honest. Cause I just like, I, I just don't think they're going to call me for a challenge at this point. Cause like, I don't, I don't know. I just think 
I think if they were going to, I would have gotten that call because we've been wrapped for a long time. Um, well, in Hollywood, in in Hollywood time, it's been a long time since New Orleans wrapped and um, my phone's not ringing and I'm not really in touch with any of my cast. So I don't see that probably happening, but I probably should get back to the gym. Maybe I can get a few more of those pull-ups on there just for my own, like. <laughs> that, that's, own a, that's a point I'm curious about too. I talked about this the other day. Back in the day, because the challenge is if you flip on the channel now, so much different than what it was like in 06, 04, 05, 03, you know. Were those things that, like, you seriously had to train for back in the day? Or, like, was it more of just people showing up to look good for the cameras, so to speak? That's a good question. I feel like being physically ready was always helpful. It was advantageous to be in, in some kind of decent shape. And I always made an attempt, <laughs> you know. I didn't – I. I admittedly I didn't try as hard as I should have I was not walking around looking like the Miz <laughs> but I uh I think that there's a reason why a lot of guys have the most success in challenges because a lot of it's physical now that's not to say that women couldn't be winning but I think that um I I really would like to see a woman come out and just like blow all the guys away I would just love to see that because I think that um being, but you know what? There's so much politics with it. There are so many people that, I mean, I had challenges where I got kicked off for no good reason. And it was hurtful, like really hurtful because not only are you messing with my money, but you're messing at a time when I didn't have, you know, but you're also messing with like my ability to be with my friends. Like I'm really good friends with Puck. I missed Puck's wedding. Like this, like stuff like that. And it's just when it's personal like that, um, that's the part that's just so disappointing, really, mm -hmm. about the process. But that being said, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. <laughs> so what are you going to complain about it? It's the nature of the beast. So it did, it did feel like you came up in an era where men were pretty much the only thing taken seriously competitive-wise, and the girls were kind of treated like a just-for-the-drama, afterthought type of joke in that regard, in terms of how it was came across as far as competition went did it feel like that I think that was the sexism of the time because right. it's easy to think oh you know after y2k like in the in the 2000s the millennial like we didn't have a problem with sexism we absolutely did and we do to this day I mean I think the fact that we've never had a female president is should be a sign enough that we are still very much living in a man's world and a patriarchy. And that is not a sign of me hating men. I love men. <laughs> but I do acknowledge that I live in a world where every time I put on a pair of shorts and walk outside, I have to worry if someone's looking at my legs and noticing that I don't shave and wondering if that means I'm gross or there's something negative about me. Um, in a man's world, that's not even a thing, right? Like there's just certain things that come with being a woman. Like the fact that I can't go for a jog without worrying for my, like I worry about my safety to a certain extent every single time I walk into a parking garage or something. And, and that's maybe someone would just argue, Oh, well, that's just, that's just reality. Okay. Yeah. But that's because we live in a world where it, not everything is safe for women the way that it is for men. That's because we live in a world that's kind of designed 
for um, a, a man to be successful and a woman could be successful too, but it just takes something different because it's hard for a woman to look right, to sound right. Like guaranteed people watching this are looking at me and hearing me and totally annoyed by me. They're like, oh my God, look at her. Listen to her. Like that shit she's like, I, I totally am flawed. I am totally um, going to disgust cer a certain segment of people because it's just very, very difficult as a woman to even like look or sound right, let alone do the right things. <laughs> like, so, and, and I've just kind of come to this place where I accept that. And so to answer your question, like, yeah, that was kind of a time when uh, it was just a different, I think, is it getting better though? I've heard that the, the, it's getting better and that's yeah. what progress it, is. Like, yeah. It is getting better in the regard of uh, how women competition is taken seriously on the challenges, I've noticed. But since we're, we were just talking about it, that actually kind of draws back and reminds me now of the point with uh, the BYU thing with how they were talking about, like, trying to portray you in, like, a whorish type of way. I feel like had it been a guy, it wouldn't have maybe – it might have been worded a little differently. Maybe he could have gotten kicked out or – you know, if it was a Listen. like a safe, like it was a similar different situation, like and a guy was forbidden from doing something and went on to do it. Right. And went on a show that he wasn't supposed to, um, you know, he well, might have. Mike, let me tell you a story. And I hate to illustrate. I, I hate to put attention onto this movie because but I have to tell you this story. I, I don't tell this story very often, but there is a a movie. It's a Mormon movie and it's called Singles Ward. And. After I went on the real world and I was going through all that with the school and them saying, you know, I'd slept around or whatever, um, they asked me to do a cameo in their movie and they did not tell me the context to which this cameo was happening. So I go and I show up and I do the cameo and then the movie comes out and this is my, my community. Like this is a Mormon movie. I'm a Mormon. And like it comes out and in this movie, they edited it such that the main character of the movie or one of the main characters called me the mother of all whores. Like, this is, like, in a Mormon movie. And and so, to yes, you're totally right. Like, in the Mormon culture, and maybe this is why I'm a little more sensitive, because I did grow up, like, in the 90s and early 2000s as a woman in the Mormon church. And so I've had a little bit different life experience. And so maybe I'm a little more sensitive than the average person to inequality that I see. And maybe this is the reason I don't shave my legs, because I just feel like, if you don't have to, Mike, why should I have to? No, and I definitely I, don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the thing is, I don't have anything against women shaving their legs. If you like a smooth leg, awesome, power to you. I just don't like it. I don't like the feel of it. It just kind of grosses me out. So I just prefer to have my natural body hair. Um, I keep things trimmed, but you know, I just like to have. I like to be who I am, and um, because there's such a stigma, like a social norm against, you know, we regulate women's body hair. Come on. What? It's 2020. We need to get over that shit. It's just stupid. 2022. 2022, exactly. It's like Off by a couple of years, but, you know, it feels like it's all been the same year, you know, I know. the past couple of years. It's kind of all the same. <laughs> but. So since, uh, you know, you brought up Battle of the Sexes before, you know, that was the one you obviously got kicked off of. I think, um, you know, a topic a lot of people would be curious about from that show was obviously, you know, how it unfolded for you with, uh, you know, you and one of your fellow roommates on that show, Melissa. What what really went down from your recollection on that show that led to that falling out? You know, I f have my opinion about what she's angry about, and uh, I don't know that it's anything she'll ever admit to. Um, but 
I lived my life experience. I know the timing of what went down and, um, she's going to always speak her truth, whether or not it's the truth. So it's just kind of, you know, it's come to this place where I really thought that we could go to homecoming and it's like 20 years ago. I felt like we were willing to, I mean, listen, I'm willing to sit here and say, I, I love her. I loved her and I still do love her, but she has turned into a person in, in the 15 years I didn't see her. And then in go or 20 years or however many years it's been, um, you know, the, the person that she is now is not, a person that I, you you know, I'm looking, I, I was very open to rekindling the friendship because we had a wonderful friendship, but she's a different person now. You know, I'm a different person too. But so it's just, um, it's not going to be a thing that ever makes sense. Not that I'm not like open to it and not that I don't love her and, and think she's a good person for the most part, but she's certainly not, um, I certainly don't trust her. And I certainly think that she has uh, the wrong view of circumstances or she's in denial about what really is behind her frustration with me. And the way that she rallied people to get me kicked off that challenge was very hurtful. Like it really was. And just frankly, the stuff she tries to accuse my family of um, is, is not fair. And so what can you do? What can you do? Like, I, I hope to God that one of her daughters never gets bullied um, to the extent that I've kind of felt bullied through this process over these years. But um, I also respect the fact that, like, we keep our distance and it's OK. This is not not a thing that's like a very big part of my life. It's not it's not something that I've just like been dying over. Sometimes people just have their differences and you you be adults about it, hopefully. And if you're not going to be an adult about it and bring it up in a television show 20 years later, then we deal with that, you know? And, like, people will make their decision for themselves what they think. And I, I don't know. To a certain extent, I'm kind of, like, removed from it because if someone's not willing to try and even get to know who I am, like, if you're not even willing to like come to the door like what 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 can I do you know so you felt maybe you showed up at the door you know knock knock your pizza's here and nobody came to come pretty much uh receive it essentially is how you felt I mean I guess that's for lack of a better analogy yeah I don't know what led me to that but yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) I I think that it's it's accurate to say that like I really expected that we would be able to have like some dialogue, some like meaningful time. Um, And there were a few moments that I felt like were positive. And then I was like, hopeful. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe because, you know, as much, I don't know. I, it's just, it, it also was, it was, it was a long experience going to the homecoming, but it was also really fast in a lot of ways. So it, when I think about it and it was like this whirlwind and there were these moments that I like cherish as like good moments, but then there were these really bad moments too. And so then you try and like make sense of all that. And all you can do is say, okay, well, what do I have right now in front of me? And what I have right now in front of me is no relationship at all. So I'm just like, okay, well then that's what that is. You know, there's, 
Was that the last time you saw her battle the sexes and or talk to her? Mm -hmm. Really? So Mm -hmm. you were probably going into this thing. I'm sure, you know, when people are getting the calls, you know who's going. I don't know what maybe your dynamics were, but maybe there might have been a little more communication with the group amongst, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is actually the case, but let's just say it is for story purposes because we love my stories. You can ask Jamie tomorrow. You can ask him. Yeah, I can ask Jamie tomorrow. (laughs) There you go. Uh, So let's just say for story purposes, you know, a little group chat gets going and everyone's like, oh, are you going? I'm going. Cool. See you there. Whereas, like, did you feel like that maybe you didn't know who was showing up, how they were showing up? Oh, yeah, definitely. What the circumstances were? And that's been the way it has been forever. Because, like, as soon as there was kind of like this little smear campaign that was starting and I was just getting out of the loop and things, um, I just... And I have I have a part that I played in that. When that started, I walked away too. I ran away from it. This is part of the ghosting vapor thing. I'm going through like religious trauma of my own. And then this kind of bullshit of people like spreading lies about me and talking all this shit. And like people that like don't even know the circumstance or, or about me. And they're also jumping on the bandwagon. Next thing you know. I'm on a challenge where like, I'm really excited to be there with Dan Renzi and Puck and like some of my friends and I'm getting kicked off when the girl who's pregnant is not getting kicked off. Like there was literally a girl on Battle of Sexes who was pregnant and they kept her there. Refresh my memory. I don't remember what her name was, but I just remember she was also vulnerable and it was like, she was saying how she probably needed to go home anyway because it's a physical challenge. And so it was kind of like a no brainer. And then it came out that, like, they were going to kick me off for for personal reasons that Melissa had, that she convinced her friends. You know, because she couldn't do that alone. She had to convince people, and they didn't know me. But, you know, Melissa is a very intoxicating personality, or at least she used to be. And, like, I think that that had, that had a lot of – so it's just – if you get – listen, this I am not a stranger to this shit because I was not popular in high school. So I'm used to sitting alone at lunch – like I am used to that feeling and what I've found in my life is that when that shit starts, run away from it. Just you don't need to keep engaging with bullies or people in, in your life that are doing this because the more you engage and more more you put intention on it, the more it gets like worse. So that's kind of how I dealt with it. And so that played into me also just, well, again, they'd have to call me. And I can't control if they call me on challenges. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, I walked away from all that. Because to a certain extent, like, it was, ta- you know, it wasn't offered to me to begin with. <laughs> so, um, but, but you know, some of it was. So yeah. I'll take responsibility for sure for some of it. But, like, also some of it was out of my hands. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. And I know the people watching this are going to be like, oh, why don't you follow up on this? But I feel like I'm going to just let the viewers watch for themselves on the Melissa front, at least. Like, you know, I've obviously had both you ladies on. It's none of my business. I feel like oh, if you, you guys want to. Yeah, I had her on last week. Was uh, it good? Yeah, it was good. Um, Did you guys talk about me? Probably no, not. I thought we spoke about this. I said you didn't come up. Oh, that's right. You did tell me. That's yeah. right. What that was Derek told me that. Um. Yeah, because I'm just always curious, like, to what extent, I don't know. You know, this is really just something I'm very curious about. Like, is there, just like how you said, Julie, when we watched you on the challenges, you weren't just like the Mormon girl. Like, you and Derek both expressed this sentiment, like, there was a real you that was, like, coming out there. And I was just, like, not self-aware of that. Or, like, I just didn't. So then I have to think, am I not clued into this, like, 
do I think there's more drama with my roommates than there really is? Maybe like everyone's cool, but I can't help but think like, yeah, but it seems like they all text each other and then I don't get texted or like I'm not in that circle. But Danny told me that that's not really happening. Like people just kind of are living their own worlds. They're just like living their own lives. So, you know, maybe I'm just like totally wrong. And maybe this isn't as dramatic a world Listen, as I think me, it is. Me and, me and you were quite the theorists here. So maybe we are <laughs> reading yeah. too much into some stuff. Maybe it's just not that big a deal. Yeah. I, <laughs> I well, definitely we're... need to get a ring light though. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah. I, I might uh, I might send you one or something. You need once to send me one. I know. I should ask. I, I should ask for like donations. Hey, does anybody in the Twitter world now that I'm on social media? You know, I just joined social media like two days ago. People, pe- people legitimately might once this is out. People might legitimately see this. They'll be like, she needs that bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, something that I need to know is, did you need the wrestling match with Coral Bad back in the day? Did I what? Did you need the wrestling match with Coral Bad back in the day? I have never seen the full clip where she tells me one of her boobs could have beat me up. And I was laughing hysterically because I remember this in my mind. I remember being super mad at her and wanting to wrestle with her because, again, this is me trying to be one of the boys. Right. And I just felt like this is how we're going to get our differences out because she was just always so mean to me. Uh, But then I watched the edited clip where she says, like, I wear double D's and one of my boobs could kick your, I just was laughing so hard. Cause like, I'd never, you know, when they say things like that in the confessional, you don't hear it. Like you don't know it. So I just like remembered that. And then it was only recently that I saw the clip and I was just, I don't know. There was just so much funny drama that goes on on some of those shows. And it's so fun. It really is fun to watch it like edited together in a lot of ways. You would think that that would just be torture, but I don't know. Like even these little trailers that are coming out for Homecoming, there was one like with emojis and the we emojis. were all telling each other with emojis. And I'm like watching this and I think it's adorable. I think it's so cute and funny. And then I'm like, does anybody else think this is funny or am I just like a weirdo? <laughs> like, <maybe laughs> no, I think everybody took uh, quite enjoyment of it. Yeah, it's like charming. Was the Coral thing something that carried over for maybe something she heard from, like, someone else or, like, a Melissa or something, and that was, like, her own opinion that got formed? Or you just don't know to this day why you guys had uh, a little bit of a skirmish? I, I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, maybe it's something that I could be reminded of I if someone wanted to, like, throw it out there. But I don't – did we do a challenge where – we got in some kind of heated thing because I was always under the impression that like Melissa just had her friends, you know, it's like in high school, I'm telling you, it's a lot of this is kind of feels like that where there's those girls in high school that are friends with each other and they just all kind of treat you the kind of way and you just kind of get to get used to that. So (laughs) that's just kind of, that's what I think, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, But it it did seem interesting the timing of Melissa getting mad at me corresponded with something that I'm not supposed to talk about now. But mm-hmm. anyway, and then also um, the people all seem to be friends with her. So it's just like that's me putting two to two and two together that that's why that went down like that. Um, yeah, I don't I can't think of anything else. Well, well this poses like a- one challenge together. Yeah, I don't know. This poses a really good question because I don't know if you've ever heard of this or not, but in the past they've done seasons called like Rivals where 
you're it's paired up with people of like the same sex like girl and girl pairs guy and guy pairs it's called rivals where someone that you've either gotten like an argument with had beef with on a past season like that's your one and only teammate just oh. you two. Oh I'm my god give you what a, a choice here. <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare <laughs> consider this challenge jeopardy <laughs> You have three choices. If you were going on an All-Stars Rivals season, Whoa. and your three choices, your one and only teammate, it's going to be you or one of these three ladies. Who are you choosing? Coral, Veronica, or Melissa? Oh, my gosh. That's a hard choice. Okay. I mean, I would guess I would pick Veronica. I don't know. That's a hard choice because... The Veronica I knew, mm, that would be really tough. She might be different now. So I know who Melissa is now, so I wouldn't pick her. I don't know who Coral is now, and I don't know who Veronica is right now. So I guess between the two of them, I guess I'd pick Veronica because she's in better shape. And so she'd probably be better at the physical challenges. and And social game. And the social game, maybe. And so I think if I had to pick, I mean, I think of those three women, she's probably in the best shape. Based on pictures alone, I don't know. I mean, have you had her on? Is she still pretty competitive? Or Oh, yeah. She's been on recent shows in recent years. Like, she's been on the the, the regular show past couple okay. of years. So, okay. so yeah. I think that would be my choice. Listen, you just got to do your part and do the pull-ups and show them to this thing ready to go. She'll handle yeah. the social aspect of things, you know, <laughs> right. so you'll be good in that regard. Nice. So coming off your shows, you know, typically we talked about before the 15 minutes in L.A. is like the popular thing to do. Were you getting opportunities? Because I think if you remember correctly, I did see that I uh, saw you in an Eminem music video. Yeah. So that was one thing that, that stood out. That was really cool. I got to do an Eminem video with Puck and Cyrus and uh, with somebody else. Uh, anyway, that was a really cool opportunity. Um, I did a uh, another music video. I did a couple, um, you know, like movie cameos, but then also like television. The main big break, if I if you could call it a big break, um, really was. And it was more for the family that I got out of it was the electric playground, because it was a time when I was just like emotionally very vulnerable and going through a lot. And my Vancouver family really just like picked me up and brought me on this amazing ride of learning about the video game industry in a way that I didn't know because I'd always been a gamer and like a fan of video games and like technology and all that kind of thing but they brought me into the world in a way that I never could have experienced it otherwise and so I was able to like walk like work red carpets and meet people that were like the voices of these characters wow. in these games and it's like a multi-billion dollar industry i mean video games is no joke and so i became a real fan girl through that doing that for years and years and um and and they're really the people you know it's fun to talk about the real world and the challenges and all that stuff but when i think about my television career believe it or not i actually don't think about the real world and and any of this i think about electric playground I think about my greedy productions family that's in Vancouver and Toronto and and just all over Canada um, and in the States. Um, they're wonderful people. They're just, gosh, they're, they're the best production company ever. And I just really love the camaraderie that comes with working on a production. I really would love to do television work again, um, behind the camera even, like just uh, 
being a part of a team like that where people really support each other. And um, that's not the kind of thing I've ever experienced on the real world, except for a few of my true friends. And, you know, somebody like Cyrus, who I feel like has stood, stood by me. Beth has been kind to me. Dan Renzi, always, always kind to me. Even John Brennan, who, like, at this point in the game, he probably shouldn't even, like, like me, right? Because a lot of Christian people that I knew have just totally dropped off the map as soon as I, you know, you stop believing in Jesus and people either want to bring you back or they just give up on you. But John Brennan's not one of those people. You know, he's a really cool guy. Um, yeah, so, you know, I've got these people, these few people from my real world family that I really love, but I've got a lot more love and um, friendship out of my career in television, which was Electric Playground. Yeah. I mean, I, I do. People do take different paths, you know. Obviously, like some people want to do the 15 minutes. Like I feel like I talked about this the other day. Reality TV is like the shit or get off the pot type of thing. It's like if you don't intend on like making that like your life, you gotta like immediately pivot and figure out what you're gonna do. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good perspective. I never really thought about that, but you're right. I think you're right. Oh, go me. <laughs> Well, that's why you should go on this, because you probably do the pivot correctly. I don't know that oh, I God. <laughs> I haven't even thought about a pivot. No, um, let's just say, because this was a question as well. Julie Stouffer, the casting director, if you were to pick a real-world cast of seven people, could be four guys, could be four girls, whatever you want to do, who would you, you could choose yourself, too. Who would you put on a, a real-world oh. season? Oh my God, this is actually a dream question. And I have been on the phone with Beth and actually talked about this exact same thing. So I think I actually know who I would put on my cast. Like, do you remember Theo from Road Rules? Theo Vaughn? Yeah. Yeah. I freaking love Theo Vaughn. And I don't even know him very well, but like totally Theo. Okay, so I put Theo on. And I wish I knew some of the newer... Um, cast members because Beth knows everybody and she had all these people she's like this person's awesome and this person's awesome and I just didn't know I didn't know them because I'm not in the loop as well as I should be but um but yeah I can think of you know Dan Renzi for sure I would love to I, there are just certain personalities that I would love to get to know better like Letarian he seems yeah. really cool mm-hmm. I've only done a few challenge one or two challenges with him and I and we never had the opportunity to really get to know each other but like Derek I love Derek who doesn't love Derek you know like I put him on there for sure um I don't know like uh you know I, I really like Katie Cooley she's cool <laughs> I like her um I don't know if she likes me so maybe we fight but like I don't I don't know I like her so um who else? Like, you know, this is now going to bring out the fan in me because this is like nerdy. But like, I like Ruthie. I like Amaya. Yeah, I've walked to Hawaii. I like tech. You know, but who knows if if we would get along in real life because I've never had the opportunity to meet any of them. But um, but yeah, I, I would love it if they would do a real world, but with mixing up the real world casts. Like, don't make me go do another homecoming. I will not go live with my roommates ever again. But if you mix it up and give me some new people that, like, want to be there, I will do it. <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen people pitch this idea of a real-world all-stars where they take people from different seasons and create, like, one season of people from, let's just say, like, New Orleans, L.A., New York, for example, and mix it up. I think that'd be so cool. Well, I think that's a great place to stop. 
I could speak for a lot of people on an all-star front that we're hoping that we see you again on a potential future season. And um, I'm glad we were able to make this happen. You know, it seemed to be a little therapeutic for you. And I'm glad you were so uh, out and open with a lot of heavy topics. And I had a fun time chatting with you today. So thanks for stopping by. Maybe we could revisit yeah. it sometime at uh, the end of the season. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. Thank you.